Welcome once again to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle Holland and... Alex Fielder. Today, on a very special occasion, that is our 10th episode, we've got something fun planned out. Today, we'll be exploring the strange and mysterious world of gadget bombs. From PRTs to the Las Vegas Loop, we're talking about the weirdest transit solutions after the news. After a nearly two-month-long closure due to Russia's ongoing war of aggression against Ukraine, the Kyiv metro has finally resumed full service. Slava Ukraini. Cue the theme music, please. So, what is a gadget bomb? Well, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, a gadget bomb is no dictionary entries found for gadget bomb. (laughs) 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 I'm so sorry. But no, really, a gadget bomb is a transit, quote, solution, unquote, that proposes to fix costly and complicated transport issues with a cheap and magical techno fix. So, snake oil for transit. Yes, basically. It's like when the person comes up to you at the MLN convention is like, Hun, have some lavender oil. It'll cure your cancer, but train. <laughs> <laughs> Except since when were any of these gadget bond solutions actually trains? Occasionally. Occasionally. Occasionally they are sort of almost trains. Most of the time they are like trying to be like trains, but not trains. Because oh, train Because bad. train good. Well, I mean, for them, yes, for them train bad. bad. Train bad, car good. Uh, but for us, train good, car bad. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's a whole vibe. <laughs> Gadget Bond is a portmanteau, which is like a ad hoc combination, I guess, of the English word gadget <laughs> and the German word for railway, Bahn. So, in, in that case, Autobahn is car, car railway? railway? Car railway, yes. See, <laughs> <laughs> car railway. I love that. Yeah. It's like this one, uh, I saw this on Twitter a while back, this one guy was like, I have been to two separate tech conferences where people have come together to try and reinvent the future of urban transportation, and every single time, they've invented either a bus or a train. We're just making up <laughs> solutions for problems that are already, that already solved. solved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically so what Gadget Bond is. we're wasting our time. Yes. But it's fun. Well, and you know, sometimes it's a little more malicious than wasting time, like the Hyperloop, for example, although not like, you know, explicitly a transit thing, is kind of a clear distraction against us actually building high-speed rail. And now for the good stuff. First of all, the greatest and wildest of all gadget bonds, the car hole. Now, my good citizen, you may ask, good sir, what is a car hole? And the answer is a hole with a tunnel and a Tesla. So a whole car is going. Invented by none other than Elon Musk. 
Ah, yes, the genius person who is a genius. And is smart. And is smart. For doing things. And funny. And more importantly, has a lot of money and nothing better to do with it. Yes. So, Elon Musk's loop, obviously better known by transit people as the car hole, is the uh, brilliant and never before thought of, (coughs) big dig, (coughs) idea to use cars in tunnels to relieve traffic. So originally the idea was you had sleds for the cars that would run through the tunnels. At very high speeds. Yeah, so functionally a rail system that you can just drive your car on instead of, like, getting out of your car. Ooh. Scary. Scary other people. But, yeah, it turns out that costs money. And so it's been downgraded to cars with guide wheels, which we've seen in some sort of rapid transit systems before. It turns out that still costs money, so it's been downgraded (laughs) to just a straight-up tunnel with a Tesla in it. Well, and you see, originally it was a self-driving Tesla in a tunnel, but the new ones, you actually have to drive in the tunnel. (laughs) What? Yeah, yeah. the original uh, variations (laughs) of the Las Vegas loop, you actually have to have a driver for. Okay, how is this even feasible without self-driving? Those tunnels are so tiny. Uh, There was a traffic jam. There are often traffic jams. Oh, I remember that video. That was funny. Yes. Car hole, actually, very stupid. Um, And this is for multiple reasons. So... What the Boring Company has done, and this is a fair, good contribution of theirs to, like, society in general, is they have reduced the cost of tunnel boring, which which is is good. Which is great. And it's not just a blanket. They made it super cheap magic. They have made cuts. They're not making the same size or caliber of tunnels that current contractors make, but they've made legitimate technical progress. Yes, and that is obviously very important, and we should pay attention to that. But the claim low cost of these tunnels, it's for a reason. For example, there is no ventilation. There are no escape routes. The tunnels are so small you can't open your car door. That is correct. So your car sets on fire, you want to get out, you can't open your door, and if you do open your door or somehow get out, you still can't get out? That is correct, which uh, leads this thing to be uh, what I would personally describe as a death trap. So we're digging mass graves, pretty much. Yeah, that, yeah. This thing is, like, the potential <laughs> to be a mass grave, yes. Yeah, and to your point, well, lithium-ion battery fires, especially in modern EVs, are incredibly rare in terms of, like, vehicle miles driven. Sure. They can happen, and under normal safety standards, we would never allow something like this no, with no, no escape route to be built. Like, there's, there's a reason that American subways cost so much, and that's because we've gone, like, so hard on safety regulations, it's absurd. That's good. Good, though. I mean, <laughs> That's what we want. It's good up to a certain point, but like, yeah, you gotta you gotta have some safety. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's a reason every building you've ever been in has a robust fire escape system and will not trap you in. So, um, car hole actually slow. Also, should mention like 30, 35 miles an hour is I believe the speed of it. So, yeah, because um, with that tight of clearances, you just can't go that fast without it being dangerous. Right. Unless so. you're on rails. That's so weird. I know, wait, that's wait. funny. Is this new? Is this wait. A, we've invented the solution to urban transit. <laughs> uh, like a uh, also should be noted, uh, it has just pathetic throughput. Like, it can, theoretically, this should be noted, do 1,500 people per direction per hour. Which is trash. We're kind of talking comparable to just a regular above-ground traffic lane. Yeah. Wait a second. So, yeah. (laughs) But it also gets traffic jams? Yes. Yeah, so so it's... 
useless? Yes. So this car hole concept is functionally just a lane of traffic underground, underground, which makes it more dangerous and more expensive. And still susceptible to induced demand, which is great. Yeah. It does not solve any new problems in any novel ways. It's just another lane. But you're wrong. Oh? Because... The geniuses in the city of Las Vegas, uh, who are having a nice time, have decided that this is the perfect transit solution for their entire city. So, because of the quote un- and unquote success of the uh, Vegas Convention Center loop, which is, you know, like a mile long, so cool, um, they have decided to build a loop. For the entire city of Las Vegas. Wait, so this is actually going to be built? 29 miles of tunnel. When is this expected by? This is not yet known, but the Vegas loop, as it is called, will include the LVCC loop and any future service extensions, including those to casinos along the Strip, Harry Reid International Airport, Allegiant Stadium, downtown Las Vegas, and eventually to Los Angeles. Well, wait, wait! I just read that last part for the first time. They're gonna take it to LA from Vegas. I'm sorry. Could you imagine? Wait. <laughs> could, could you imagine a traffic jam, <laughs> and you can't escape because you can't open your door, and wait, you can't leave a tunnel? They want a tunnel to LA. Yeah, apparently. Why I don't know what the deal is. Wait, wait, but let's, okay, let's think about this real quick. So the only entrance, well, the only two ways to get in or out of the tunnel is separated by hundreds of miles. <laughs> so there would also be no oxygen in the tunnel. Everyone's well, just going to die. They would have to add some sort of Yeah, meta- they'll add like one fan in the middle. And hopefully regulators <laughs> would force them to add some safety systems. They're not going to get... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, okay, is but it, no, is this, it, is, this is a serious plan for transit in have, Las Vegas right now. But, you know, it's just going to only connect casinos <laughs> <laughs> to each other. So this is like the ultimate, like, casino tourism trap thing. Well, literally tourism trap because you can't leave it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing Wait. I have ever seen. So well, one thing I just want clarified: it's only EVs down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... and it's not even it's not even the original concept, which is you can take your EV down there and go wherever you want. It's like a fixed transit service that's only going to use Teslas. Wait, you... wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> do, you wait. Bring, do you bring your own Tesla? No. That makes sense because there'd be nowhere to park them. It's basically like a people mover. It's a fixed transit service using only Teslas that only goes to casinos. Wait, but someone has to drive the Teslas? As of now. I'm sure sure they'll figure out the automation. So they made a train. Without the rails. And less capacity. They made a really safe subway. (laughs) This is like the worst subway you could even conceive of. Well, and here's the thing. The only reason why it's getting built is because the boring company is footing the bill. Like, the entire bill for this 29-mile car subway. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally, like, if you build something like that, you would at least be like, oh, but if we get bombed, it's safe. I don't. This is not a I good don't place see how, to hide like, from bombs. I don't see any benefit besides them paying for it. Well, you can't put train underground. You have to put car underground. Which came first? The car, pretty much? No, trains came I know, I'm first, kidding. actually. I'm like, trains are really old at this point. It's established technology. So, 
Yes, the Las Vegas Loop is the most raging dumpster fire of a gadget bond in the United States. And I, in fact, I think we're probably going to be doing an episode on the, the Loop itself in the near future because there's a whole lot of history to this whole thing and how it got developed that is just wild. But yes, biggest American gadget bond right now is Underground Car Subway. Car hole. Car hole. Yes, Carvel. It, it reminds me of how Seattle just built their monorail just for fun. That's so convenient because the <laughs> next gadget bond on our list is monorails. What the unplanned transition? What an was. unplanned transition! <laughs> wow, we are so good at podcasting. Great. Um, <laughs> monorails. If you took the concept of a train and took away some of the things that make them cheap and convenient. <laughs> So so a monorail is a railway in which the track consists of a single rail or beam. So instead of two rails, you're just going to do one because reasons. Aren't these usually rubber tired too? Uh, sometimes. Okay. There is basically no, like, single standard of monorail construction, unlike rail, which has four feet, eight and a half inches. But yes... Monorails, there are all sorts of them. I mean, there are some that are actually in use for, like, real transit service. Like, for example, uh, Tokyo's Air Rail Link is a monorail, which is actually pretty good. It runs express service and local service and is useful. Uh, Sao Paulo Metro's Line 15 is going to be a monorail. It's a really important circumferential line. But then there's other ones, like, for example... The Seattle Center monorail. So, Connor, is the problem with monorails more of a technological problem or the fact that many of them are built just because they look cool and not because they're a real transit solution? There's not anything necessarily wrong with a monorail. Like, you can theoretically run, like, a high-quality metro service on a monorail, but most of them are built in such a way that that's not really going to happen. So you get, like, the investment of, like, a fully grade-separated elevated metro line and the service of a tourist thing. (laughs) Gotcha. So that's that's not great for anyone. So, Alex, why don't you talk, as the only person here who's ever been to Seattle, about the Seattle monorail? So I personally did not ride it, but... Because it's a waste of time. Well, and money. Yeah. When you could just walk. (laughs) But it looks cool. I, I actually have some footage I took of the monorail. Oh, I will put it, put put it, it in, in the video. And you can look at this. <laughs> it's really ancient at this point, and it's... It, it was built for the World's Fair, wasn't like it? Like a long time like ago. The like, when was it? 1962. It was built in 62. Okay. That's yeah. old. I mean, to be fair, it was cheap. It was like $4.2 million, which is probably like $4 trillion today or something, but, you know... <laughs> do you want to actually calculate that? Yeah, calculate that. Well, We're going to do math. I, I don't know. It, I would ride it if I had money to burn, <laughs> but then you could just ride the link, and well, the link is just amazing. Oh, that's only $45 million in today's money. And you see, the funny thing about the Seattle monorail, though, is that it almost became like a thing. And by a thing, I mean like there were ballot initiatives and big community pushes to turn it into like a citywide, region-wide metro system wow. of monorail. All right. And that didn't happen, and now they have Link instead, which like, yeah, okay. 
Oh yeah, um, to the cost point earlier, 4.2 million in 1962 is 40 million today. Okay, so that's entirely reasonable yeah. for elevate. That's really cheap, actually. Yeah, how long is it? Uh, it <laughs> is one mile, basically. 40 million dollars for a mile of elevated monorail. To be fair, monorail. double tracked. Well, so good job, Seattle. That's pretty darn cheap for elevated. Yeah. Uh, and I'll Still add all of my footage service. and pictures. And isn't useful. Um, <laughs> Make your transit useful. Make your transit useful. It's yeah. Okay. Now my favorite gadget bond is next, and it is PRT or personal rapid transit. Now, what you may ask is a PRT? Well, the answer is cars, but with tracks and stations. And these cars can hold anywhere from like forty-six people on a small PRT system to twenty-four is the highest capacity PRT. Nice. The trouble with PRT is um, it costs as much as metros to build, uh, which is expensive. They can't, it's, like, reduce costs because the vehicles are small. You can't light. reduce costs. It's mostly proprietary technologies when it gets built. Oh, and there's only ever one, like, actual PRT system that's been built, and that is in Morgantown, Virginia, or West Virginia. And they actually pulled it off. Well, you see, you see, the thing about the Morgantown PRT is that, in general, PRT is just a stupid idea. Like, you, why would you build a PRT when you could just build an elevated metro line instead? See, it seems like an improvement over the car to, like, tunnel, though. It is definitely better than the car hole, yeah. yes. But mm -hmm. in general, PRT is bad because it has very low capacity for invested cost. Uh, it's not necessarily actually, like, as cheap as everyone wants it to be because, like, the original idea was instead of highways, we're going to build PRT to the suburbs. And just no. Yeah, it, <laughs> it could be good if it was cheap. But it's not because it's technologically basically the same as an actual rail system. It's also like the same geometry hates cars argument is that you need a lot of vehicles and you can only fit so many vehicles into an urban space before it becomes a problem. So long yeah. train PRT, not actually that good. But there is one place and this is a system that I am endlessly fascinated with called the Morgantown PRT which has pulled it off and gets a daily ridership of 16,000 people. In a town of how many? Uh, 30,000, metro area of 140. Oh my goodness. So, yes. so the story of the Morgantown PRT, actually pretty simple. So Morgantown, like most towns in West Virginia, is situated along this really narrow river valley, and it also has this really big university in it. So whenever the students would come to town, there would be gridlock traffic 24-7, especially since the university has two different campuses in town. Because students gotta get where students gotta get. Right, and so since at the time there had just been this big report from the U.S. government thinking that PRT was the future, uh, oh. the, the f <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> here you go, the university was like, hey, let's build a PRT to connect our campus and the city. And so they did that. And it cost like today's equivalent of the link light rail system costs. So not bad, but you know, you probably could have done cheaper with like a tram or something, but you know, whatever. It, yeah. It's automated, but yeah. So it it's, it's really cool actually. And I just like, cause it's like such good transit. It's fully grade separated. It can run super high frequency and carry like a reasonable amount of people for such a small town. And like, it gets really good fare box recovery ratio, like 60%. And it's so bizarre that this exists in a town of 30,000 people. And it just like shows what America could be 
is just like little baby metros everywhere. So, like how the government wanted to fund uh, light rail in like the early two thousands and BRT now, they wanted they to wanted to try pay for BRT, yeah, in the seventies, yeah, and and like in the sixties <laughs> they wanted to pay for metros. So they the government goes through phases of what it wants to buy, and in the seven in nineteen seventy five. It bought a fully grade separated, basically like ultralight metro system for Morgantown, West Virginia. From Boeing, of all companies. Yes, from Boeing. From With technology developed by the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Yeah, this is like so. The this is smart. This is the smart <laughs> people came up with this. And yeah, you know the weird thing about it though is that like it's had mostly incredible reliability, like ninety eight percent for most of its lifetime. Kind of makes sense. It was built by aerospace engineers. Yeah, though to be fair, aerospace engineers have a pretty mixed uh, track record when it comes to transit vehicles. If you're interested in that, look at the Boeing LRV. Um, <laughs> yes, Boeing did make a light rail vehicle. But it's so weird. It's in full operational service. It's getting upgrades. There's extensions that are in the works. Like Brilliant. It's just one of those things that just perfectly fits its use case and would never work anywhere else. Also, stations are built on sidings, so every train can be an express train if you want it to be, or nice. every vehicle. Like, I'm just flabbergasted that Morgantown Personal Rapid Transit exists when my hometown doesn't have a single bus route <laughs> and hits 100,000 people. <laughs> The only thing in Morgantown, West Virginia, is West Virginia University and the Morgantown PRT. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just shout out to Morgantown and West Virginia University for not doing what Duke did in tearing out your people mover. Keep it. It's precious. It's cool. It's the only good PRT. It's also kind of important to avoid completely wrecking the, their entire road system. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Like, they had, like, New York City-style gridlock all the time before the PRT because just so it's, like, such a narrow corridor and every road has to go straight through downtown. So it was just completely congested all the time. PRT comes. And I assume everything's only grown since. Yeah, it's gotten bigger since then, yeah. And it's growing. There's new developments, which is, like, why the the extensions are being talked about. Makes sense. So they can go to the new developments with it. And Love it can it. become, like, a whole city thing instead of mostly a U university thing. See, this is what you need to do when you make new developments. Plan in transit yeah. access. Yeah, look at the video of it going. It's just... It's just so wholesome. See, it, it looks like a race car track, kind of. It does of. look a little bit like yeah, a race Yeah, because it isn't on rails. This is a wheeled guideway. I imagine And it's you see like here, it goes, it goes into the downtown of Morganstown, which is so cool that you just have, like, a direct link for your students straight into, like, historic downtown Morganstown. Yeah, and it's all elevated, so it's fast and doesn't interfere with pedestrian right. car traffic. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. And, I mean, it's probably the only use case where PRT will ever make sense. It yeah. has ever made sense. But, yeah, it's cool. So we have uh, next, the well, next. Before oh. you get to that. Please support us on Patreon so we can afford a trip to Morgantown to see if this yes, is bumpy or not. Yes, yes, We will go to Morgantown and we will pay 50 cents to ride the Morgantown PRT. Is there an Amtrak? Is there an Amtrak to Morgantown? I'm uh, looking at it This now. is our summer. If, if so, this is our summer trip. Subscribe on Patreon. The follow on YouTube. Eat, eat Spotify so we can go to Morgantown <laughs> and ride the PRT. Yeah. Although it is closed in the summer. What? 
Yeah, that okay. There, there are a few downfalls. I should know. <laughs> okay, the system. what's our uh, transit It's system closed during the, the summer, summer because the students are the thing that create the problematic traffic, and it mostly serves the university the except one station. So fair. Second, uh, it doesn't run very late. It closes at like. Six o'clock at night because students apparently don't go places after six o'clock at night. It's like Utah where everything closes at eight. Yeah, but like if you bought like a few more vehicles and just run 24 hour 365 service, it could be really great and awesome. Yeah, hopefully, if they do the extensions, they do something like that. Because there's no reason not to since it's automated fully and you don't have operating costs that are that high. <laughs> it's It's pretty neat. Other than those things, obviously. I forgot to mention those because I'm so infatuated with it. Yeah. Um, yes. All right. So next, another classic gadget bond that actually is okay is the Wuppertal Wuppertaler Schwiebahnen. You want to try that again? Wuppertaler Schwiebahnen, which is the original dangle train. <laughs> Built in the year 1901 in Wuppertal, Germany. Uh, it is a 8.3 mile dangling monorail that basically serves as the metro, you know, like rapid transit system for the city of Wuppertal. And what's so interesting about Wuppertal and Morgantown and where their ca use cases for these weird technologies intersect is that they're both in narrow valleys along rivers. But what's so unique about the Wuppertal Schwiebahnen or the Wuppertal dangle train if you're a normal American like me, is that it goes over the river. Like, it's it's built over the river because that was the easiest corridor to build rapid transit over. <laughs> and I love that. What's even crazier about it is that it gets 82,000 riders a day. How many riders? 82,000. On how long of a system? Eight miles. So this follows the river the whole time? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. It's, it's really, it's a neat little guy. And I can't really say anything else about it other than it's just suspended metro. It's pretty cool. And it's really old. It was built in 1901. 1901. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, a long this time is, ago. Yeah, like, this is definitely a gadget bond. But, like... Well, it would be if it was built somewhere where it's not appropriate. Well, it and has, like, one use case, like the Morgantown PRT. Yeah. Like... And it's found its use case to be Good. over a river in Wuppertal, Germany. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it, it's not like the Seattle monorail where it just... Doesn't go anywhere? Just stops. Yeah. It's a gadget bond, but it's also not. Okay, now for our final... Well, actually, not our final. Never mind. Our penultimate. Uh, no, not even. So, for our next example of gadget bondery, we have the Miami Metro Mover. The Miami Metro Mover is a free mass transit automated people mover train on rubber tires operated <laughs> by Miami-Dade Transit. Now you may ask, wait a second, doesn't Miami have a metro? Yes, it does. In theory. The Miami Metro Rail, which is marginally okay. This is not that. It is an elevated circulator of weird little people mover vehicles on wheels and rails through downtown Miami. And it is free also. Ridership isn't bad. The system length is 4.4 miles. And in 2016, it got 33,000 passengers a weekday. Certainly. It's, it's a really weird little system because it's got like three different lines that go different places in downtown and connect to the metro rail. Um, I don't know that much about it, but it's weird, and it's a gadget bond. Fair enough. Yeah. 
so our next gadget bond is probably like the dumbest one in my opinion, and it is called the transit elevated bus. Is this like the cute little metro mover thing? Mm-mm. So uh, what the transit elevated oh. bus is, is a train. A conceptual train. Uh, no, well, yes, a conceptual train. On rails, in mixed traffic, except it has a hole in the bottom of it so that cars can drive through. What? Okay, look at this picture, and you will understand the weirdness. What? So imagine if you were like walking through the forest and you see like a fox or something and instead of like walking around it or let's say you could go underground you just like straddle it (laughs) you straddle the cars so instead of going underground or creating a dedicated lane a clearly a pack of geniuses in china has invented this solution where instead the bus or the train i guess because it goes on steel rails will go over the cars On the road. I like this Wikipedia quote. In July 2017, 32 people involved into the project were detained by Chinese authorities on suspicion of investment (laughs) fraud. Yes. So (laughs) this is is very much... And you see, this was first invented in, like, 1969 by, of course, Americans. And... (laughs) Because we're stupid. Oil go burr. (laughs) Oil go burr. But, yeah, it's it's the strangest thing I have ever seen in my life because it's, like, a huge train. It covers, like, two lanes of traffic, and it's, like, 150 feet long or something and has a capacity, according to the people who invented it, of, like, 1,000 people. But instead of giving it a dedicated lane or making a subway, they're going to put rails in between lanes of the road, and it will run over them. If it covers two lanes of traffic and there's room for one lane of cars under it... Two lanes of cars under it. Ah. I'm still imagining that you could just use the same amount of space to have a separated railway. Probably. But, you know, it's cool. And if you want to, you can drive under it and accidentally turn to the side and smash yourself into it. <laughs> See, the, the, <laughs> the thing I like looking at this picture <laughs> is it looks like they probably made it work in the model. <laughs> but there's no turns. Right. It's like they didn't figure that out yet. Right. There's no turns. Like, how are you going to do intersections with this is, like, one of my big questions. Also, look at this pedestrian walkway and tell me this person is not going to get absolutely oh. blasted by the thing. Oh. Like, imagine being in the middle of this and this just goes over you. Like, this is not pedestrian friendly. This is pure gadget bond. See, I, I don't see how this could, like, load people Well, you would, you would put stations, elevated stations, in the middle of the road, like you would with a metro, except this one has Airbus, whatever they yeah. want to call it. Yeah, but then if you're just building platforms above, okay. why don't you... Well, okay, I'm not going to try and justify this because it's pointless. It's pointless. But here's (laughs) the thing. It almost happened. So in 2010, 115 miles of track were set for construction in Beijing. Some pilot test, that is. Yeah, yeah. This is, oh, wait, this is uh, just what... Chi- 115 I, miles. I heard... So I heard you, right? Yeah, this is just what China does is they just build out massive transit systems immediately. So it almost happened. And then everyone was like, wait, this is stupid. We could just build a subway line. And it didn't happen. So did they build a subway line instead? Dozens. But there was a prototype made. It was a thing. And then it was not. And then they got arrested. And then they got arrested for investment fraud. (laughs) (laughs) What a story. So we have made it through all of the gadget bonds except one, which is the automated people car thing, shuttle. Did did you save the best for last? 
Arguably, yes. So, you know how whenever uh, anyone talks about building a new transit line, especially a rail transit line, the libertarians come to the rescue with the suggestion that, well, we shouldn't build that because autonomous ride hailing is the system of the future. Sure it yeah. is. <laughs> with technology that doesn't exist yet and is objectively inferior to trains. And doesn't solve most of the problems of cars. Yes. Uh, but, you know... <laughs> So this is that, except bad, horrendously slow, and extremely expensive, and it needs a conductor on board. <laughs> Wait, so, so is this a bus then? Kind of, because it's small. So this is a thing <laughs> that lots of cities are doing pilots of right now, is these little baby, like, autonomous car pod things that just sort of creep around the city slowly instead of a bus. It's like microtransit, but worse. <laughs> so there's this TOD project in Salt Lake City, well, in Salt Lake County, called The Point, which is going to connect to a BRT line, which will not be able to adequately service it. But that's besides the point, because their genius idea for how to build a circulator for this big, mixed-use, walkable neighborhood is autonomous pod car things. So yeah. this is the neighborhood being built on top of the old prison? That is correct. And they're just having a bus? It's oh. an autonomous pod car oh, thing. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. And there's going to be a BRT <laughs> with a capacity of 600 people per hour to the frontrunner station. And this is supposed to be, like, the role model neighborhood of the valley. That is correct, and we're going to have a whole episode on this someday. But, like, basically, it's the essence of Gadget Bond. It is solving a problem that does not exist. Because first and last mile transit, fun fact, bikes, feet, Scooters. Wow. scooter, what? for people with disabilities, paratransit. Oh yeah, let's go hate on some little autonomous let's, let's pod Let's look at autonomous pod car things that people have been doing. So this is, this is sort of what we're talking about here. Okay. It's, it's like, holds maybe four people. Yeah, but it, you see, you can replace bus with it, as you see from this. Sure, because these things definitely aren't very experimental and running at, like, 5 to 10 miles well, an hour. Well, you see, London has trialed them, and you can see it going very fast. Oh, they added motion blur. <laughs> they did add motion blur. Oh, you see, look at that. It's a minivan. Wait, <laughs> so, so there's no point, then, There is all. no point to these things. Um, if I'm not mistaken, UTA actually... Don't tell me we put money in this. I believe we did. Oh, boy. Um, let me see. I gotta look this up now. This is the thing I'm talking about. So, it's called Easy Mile, and it's meant to be like a first and last mile transit solution. My feet are a first and last mile transit That's solution. That's funny. No, because people can't walk. And UTA, UTA did a trial of it. What? For a very short period of time. I don't remember where. I gotta figure out this thing now. What year was right, this? Right, right. The automated shuttle pilot. So this is a thing that lots of agencies are doing right now because they're all really into microtransit, which is our next episode, coincidentally. Oh, boy. Um, Micro not transit. 15-month yeah, yeah. pilot? They did a 15-month pilot. It operates up to 15 miles an hour, is all electric. It follows a predetermined route but reacts to other vehicles, pedestrians, and other objects in real time. A shuttle host is always on board to turn the vehicle on and off and to monitor operations in case, you know, it does what software does a lot of times and completely loses its crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, so the automated shuttle carried over... Wait, it seven, carried 6,000 people. 
over 15, 15 months. months. What's that daily ridership? Look that up because that's going to be real pitiful. So uh, it was at the Dixie Convention Center in St. George, the Mountain America Expo Center, the Canyons Village, the University of Utah, Station Park, the Utah State Capitol, and the 1950 West Business Park. And this is like a thing. Connor, are you ready? Yes. 15 people a day. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. 15 riders a day. Yep. So. 15. Um, I could do better than that with a rental van. <laughs> it's basically just microtransit, but automated, slower, and worse. It's one of the dumbest things ever and it's happening all over the country people are trialing this technology because microtransit is the future because people can't possibly walk a half mile or a quarter mile or an eighth of a mile to the bus and or train and or and also we can't possibly have enough quantity and quality of bus and rail service such that the walking distance is only half a mile to a mile uh, that's that's right so yeah that's the most irritating gadget bond, other than the car hole, of course. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's gadget bonds. So there are there are many gadget bonds. So Connor, what is the motivation for stuff like this little microtransit people mover cute thing? Because any transit enthusiast or transit professional could tell you that it is an obviously dumb idea and has proven <laughs> itself to be non-functional. <laughs> yes, well, the idea behind gadget bonds is mostly progress for its own sake. And this is why gadget bonds are so, like, commonly discussed in America. Like, you go to Germany, besides the Wuppertal dangle train, there aren't very many monorails, and where they are, they make sense. Whereas in America, we just talk about building random, slap-shod, weird gadget bonds everywhere, and then none of it ever gets built, because we have this mentality about transit that there must be innovation, we must have the newest thing, or nobody's going to ride it. But we figured that out a hundred years ago. But we figured out the solutions a <laughs> hundred years ago, and they really haven't changed since. No. They don't need to change. <laughs> I mean, you can automate your metro, but, like, it's still a rapid transit railway. So gadget bonds are essentially just weird. And stop, please. Build train instead. Elon Musk, make the boring company so that we can afford to build subways in this company. You will make so much money. You can even abandon your Tesla thing. You can still pay for your spaceships. Just build us subways instead. How nice would that be? Yeah, if you if we had, like, a super ultra billionaire who wanted to build transit. Well, not even just that, but, like, Musk's boring company, if they were up to, like, the safety standards and stuff, they could just bid on government contracts for subway tunneling work. Right, and they can. Legitimately, they have made some real advances in tunneling technology. For example, you no longer have to build giant open pits to put TBMs in like you normally do. What do they do now? You know the cartoons where the drilling machine Wait, goes like... Wait, they can do that? Yeah. Boring, the Boring Company can do that. Wait, really? So it saves time, <laughs> it saves money, and they've also built a series of standardized TBMs. So if we could do this so they're for like, transit projects... But we just want to spend our car money hole. on car homes. All right, so homes. conclusions. Abandon microtransit. Instead, build your cities so that they can be walked in safely and And we will and be talking about this next episode. Microtransit is our next topic. Sounds, Sounds good. Sounds. 
Um, Elon Musk, please just use your technology for rail systems that Elon actually Musk, work. You are so close to figuring this out. You're talking about putting 12 people pods in these things instead of cars because you recognize that the car thing isn't going to have good throughput. Just put a train in it. It so is so close. easy. Have you been to New York, Elon Musk, or have you ridden the subway in L.A.? You live in L.A., Elon Musk. Please build a subway instead. Please, please, please stop with your car hole nonsense. I understand you own a car company. And a whole company. And a whole company. (laughs) But that doesn't mean you have to make a car (laughs) hole. There's a place for both EVs and good public transit in the future. Please, God, just build a subway, Elon Musk. Um, Yes, also, uh, other gadget bond things. PRT, good in Morgantown, bad other places. PRT and the Dangle Train we talked about, those are both very unique transit solutions for very unique situations. Don't go around building transit because it looks cool. Although, honestly, you probably could have built a dangle train in Morgantown if you wanted to. <laughs> that would have been cool. Like, it has that same river flowing through the yeah. middle of it, You could, and it connects to the university like that. Uh, I'm, uh, you could have. I'm officially stating my support for the Morgantown dangle train. But... <laughs> <laughs> quality but don't build transit just because it looks cool seattle (coughs) yeah build transit because it's a functioning good infrastructure project also seattle yeah also link light (laughs) rail the light rail or i i'm gonna say light metro because that's what it is the link light metro system is going to be one of the most impressive transit systems in this country when it's finished and is invested in by big companies yeah that recognize that's a good thing that like oh hey we can't just keep doing cars Good job, Seattle. Yeah, gadget bonds, weird, fun, mostly useless, also sometimes really, really stupid, a hem car hole. So, (laughs) any other things that anyone wants to say? Go build trains. Build a darn train. It's not hard. If you're tunneling, make it useful. Four feet, eight and a half inches, greatest distance ever made. Um, Also, like, uh, this is another... Okay, we're going into Patreon territory now. Uh, So, we'll continue... Thank you for listening to the Red Lion Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. Visit our website. And give us money on Patreon so we can go to Morgantown and ride the PRT. Thank you all, and tune in next time for Microtransit. Indeed. And why we should burn it. And why we should burn Microtransit. (laughs) Uh, It's actually the worst thing ever, but we'll get into that.